Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. Today, I'm interviewing Jacqueline Troop Robinson. Jacqueline is the founder of Spark Engagement Incorporated, a global analytics company in human resources focusing on employee engagement. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. You do some interesting work that I think that listeners are definitely going to want to learn about. So let's let's jump right in. But before we get to that particular topic, I would love to hear a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, I started working at a very young age, really. I was 12. And so by the time I finished my schooling, I kind of hit the ground running. And at 24, I was already a middle manager in quite a, a large organization. And so that was just an amazing experience for me because I was very keen, uh, very uh, passionate about what I was doing, but I was obviously at a significant disadvantage being so young, but also a middle manager. So it gave me the opportunity to really learn from my mistakes for sure. And to really kind of observe things and to kind of figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to move through the world. And so I started doing all sorts of different work within this very large organization, uh, changed jobs about every 18 months, really learned as much as I possibly could and just really loved it um, until I didn't. <laughs> and, uh, and it was really fascinating for me because, you know, getting to know your podcast and thinking about achievement, that was really the obstacle for me. I had so much energy and I wanted to do so much and I didn't feel the organization could keep up with me. Yeah. Right. And it, I think that can be really challenging when you are young and fresh and in a very large organization that has its own rhythm. And, uh, but I loved the time I was there and decided that maybe I should venture out into the world on my own. I had been fortunate enough to just learn a ton at this organization in the seven, eight years I'd been there. And so I set up my own little boutique firm and decided that I would help people be the best they could be within the context of their own work environments or beyond if that was required. Nice. Because we yeah. do spend most of our time at work. So we might as well enjoy it, right? <laughs> well, that's just it. And I have found, I moved into learning and development and did a lot of leadership development work, both at the employee level, because we do believe in leading yourself first. And then, of course, working with uh, formal leaders. And I was just really amazed at how often people settled for things and settled for their job or their career, uh, because so many other things were happening in their lives. They didn't see how they could do both. And and just based on what you just said, we just thought, look, you spend way too many hours at work to compromise your aspirations. So let's help you figure out how you can stay really engaged and passionate in your work. And it was a challenge for us as well. Um, circumstances change, uh, things happen. And so maintaining that fulfillment at work can be challenging, but we really wanted to look at providing people with the tools to do that. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of that quote, which I love, you know, do what you love 
and you'll never have to work another day in your life. Yes. So is that the secret to being passionate work? Well, it's interesting because what we say is let's figure out what drives your engagement at work, what you love to do within the context of your work. And let's bring more of that in your work because Mm. we've often run into people who listened to that quotation and took it maybe very literally in the sense of, (laughs) right? Like I love to weave. So I'm going to set up a weaving studio. (laughs) Right. Yep. And then they ended up like hating it because the joy they got from weaving did not translate into running a business (laughs) about weaving. Right. More involved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, sometimes that can work out. But I think what we wanted to do is sort of help people sort of identify what is it from an intrinsic point of view that creates high meaning for you in your work or career? And how can you bring more of that into your work? And we started doing a lot of research around passion at work because we really wanted to figure out like the ultimate, which a lot of us, especially super achievers, you know, we really want to get to that state or sustain it for as long and as often as possible. And um, so we started really uh, digging deep into that. And uh, we started off by interviewing people. We asked CEOs and other senior leaders, like nominate your most passionate people. Let us talk to them. And what we discovered was that, yes, meaning is really important. You know, we need to be able to uh, connect with what is meaningful for us personally in our work or career. But we had a big surprise. And this really helped me understand why I'd struggled so much within that large organization. Equally important is a high sense of progress. Mm. And it was like a light bulb went off. It was like, yeah, meaning alone is not enough. Yes, it's important. Of course it's important. But if we just find meaning in our work, but we don't feel like we're making a difference or having impact or we're creating some forward momentum, we're never going to achieve true passion. And that all of a sudden kind of completed the picture for us. So, Mm. right, we were able to then see that high meaning with a high sense of progress is what gives rise to that emotion of passion, um, where you really feel fully engaged and fulfilled by your work. You need both. Nice. So that's the secret formula then. That is the secret sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Plus high sense of progress equals passion and engagement at work. Yeah. Yeah. And helping people figure out what that looks like. So coming back to your original question, you may get fixated at work. Like my boss is really a challenge for me and I can't, you know, I can't function in this environment. That may or may not be true because at that moment in time, you're probably a bit fixated on your boss and the problems with that relationship rather than maybe doing that inner work of figuring out what really drives my meaning and my sense of progress and taking ownership and control of that. And what we find more often than not is those problems, obstacles in the workplace that people feel are immovable 
actually diminish in significance once you really connect to what is most important to you in that really profound, intrinsic way. And then all these possibilities open up. Mm, I love that. So then, so what does one do if they realize they aren't passionate about their current job or career? Well, once you have that self-awareness, right, you understand. So let me use myself as an example. I didn't have the self-awareness at the time when I left, but what I really cared about was creating a work environment that um, was really uh, based on the fundamentals of being human and that we um, as an organization could create like a great community that actually did good in the world and contributed in the, to the world in a meaningful way. But what I didn't understand about myself was that I needed to see uh, evidence of the impact of my actions. I needed to really have a high sense of progress. And so mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. And um, because I didn't, I left. But really, I could have achieved that within that organization had I known what to look for, had I known what questions to ask, like what are the signals of progress that I value? How can I make sure I see those signals of progress? How can I manage things so that I reframe and see progress and everything I do. Had I done that, I probably wouldn't have felt like I needed to leave. I just didn't see at the time I had a choice. What I do find, though, where people do get in a position where they feel they have to leave is more around when it's a conflict of values. Yeah. Right. That becomes a crossroads for people. So I was coaching one person who uh, saw within their marketing material that basically was verging on lies Mm. and they were a salesperson. So they were being confronted with that every day and felt that um, they just could no longer sell that product with those materials that they didn't see any evidence to be true within their organization. Well, when you end up with your personal values conflict with what is the reality of your organization's um, way of being in the world, then I think people have to leave because that becomes soul destroying. So I think that becomes a different question. Yeah. So it sounds like first wanna you wanna look and see are any of your values being stepped on? Um, or you know, do they differ significantly from the organization? Uh then you need to go through a kind of a journey of self-awareness on how can you find more meaning in your work? How can you align it with um your meaning that you want in your life, right? And then also looking for that, uh, that progress, you know, trying to see things differently, getting feedback, really taking time to identify the meaning and the progress. Exactly. 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 Nice. Now, um, you had mentioned, uh, your company does some of the, some work with organizations or, or individuals. Can you share a little bit more about your services and products? Cause I understand there's a, a book in there too. Well, we have been really blessed with the research teams we've had that they've been able to take all of our data and to help us come up with models in 
that enable us to actually create individual profiles. So we actually have a 30 question survey. We call it the spark engagement index that people can do take six to eight minutes. And out of that, they get a personal profile, which profiles their state of engagement at work. Because although we've been researching passion for many years, what came out of that research was what happens when we're not passionate, what what do you call those states of engagement? So for yeah. example, like when meaning is really high, but progress is low and that's a distinctive emotional state at work. We actually use an everyday word because it's the best word to use to describe it. It's frustrated state, right? You're frustrated. Yeah. You care a lot, but you're not seeing the impact. You're not feeling progress. So our survey actually um, ha- enables us to profile eight different states of engagement and the strategies and action items that accompany that um, are all geared toward helping people increase meaning, increasing a sense of progress. So we can help them shift, for example, from frustrated into passion. And so we really, uh, although we do employee engagement at the organizational level and we do it for teams, our focus is really supporting at the individual level so that people know Um, They have that knowledge, they have the awareness, they have the tools they need to self-manage and own their own work experience rather than feeling like, you know, the control is with their manager or with the organization. We want to put, you know, the power back in the hands of the people who are actually (laughs) living the work and and living their lives at work. So we have this really special survey that creates these really comprehensive, detailed personal reports. And of course, when we work at the organizational level, we create um, profiles for teams and for organizations that can help them figure out what are the things going on collectively, you know, that will unleash some of this um, passion within their organizations. And often it can be quite simple things. They're just blind spots for organizations. Uh, For example, I'm working with one healthcare organization right now that uh, has not been managing flow of ideas well. They're doing many, many things well, but this one area is led to a lot of unfulfillment, frustration, and it's actually quite an easy fix once you know (laughs) what you need to address. Oh, so now I also understand uh, you do some generational work, in particular millennials. Um, Can you share a little bit about why so many organizations are struggling to engage their millennials and maybe some tips for how they could do that? Well, that's been really interesting research. And what we found from a meaning and progress point of view, it really explains millennials very well. And so even just using that model we have helps organizations and leaders see millennials through a different lens, really. So what we found that millennials really want to engage in work that is clearly meaningful. Um, That is something they really are seeking. And they may not be consciously uh, seeing this, but they're also uh, hungry for progress. And that's often where the conflict occurs in organizations. I was working with this insurance company, senior underwriter, basically, well, it took me seven years to be able to have that level of underwriting authority. And these youngins, you know, 
I'm really <laughs> impatient. Well, it's true. Millennials clearly in our research feel that if they have done the work, if they have achieved the desired result, they are looking for a sense of forward movement. It doesn't have to be that formal, you know, moving up the corporate ladder. It could be more exposure. It could be rewards in different guises, but they really subconsciously very much are looking for that level of progress, that tangible evidence that they are moving forward, they are progressing. They're also hungry for learning and development. So they want to use their existing talents and knowledge, but they also want to keep acquiring it. And I think for a lot of my organization, the organizations I work with, I think, honestly, they're just having a bit of trouble keeping up, <laughs> you know, yeah. to be honest. And, um, but to me, when I um, speak to millennials, when I speak to organizations, to me, it's all good news. These, these are people who want to make contributions and who really care. Uh, they just want us to keep up with them. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> and it fits perfectly with the formula of high meaning, high sense of progress equals engagement at work. It's really interesting. I've had millennials come up to me after I've done a keynote or something and say, thank you so much for that. I feel like it's the first time we've really been understood. And it's yeah. so funny because it's just, I was just doing our research through that lens of meaning and progress. And it just works really well with millennials. Wow. So uh, lots of great advice that you have shared. Is there any final final piece of wisdom you would like to share with the listeners? Well, it's interesting. I think when we stay focused on our own sources of meaning and our own signals of progress, I think it enables us to stay in touch with our aspirations and to not get distracted by what other people are doing or what, uh, is unfair in the world. Or I think it keeps us really grounded in our own personal accountabilities in a way that is really empowering. So I think that's the piece that I would say to close is just staying as connected as possible to your own sources of meaning and signals of progress and honoring those People who we've interviewed have said that has always led them to more opportunities, to a more fulfilling work experience. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Jacqueline, visit her website at sparkengagementindex.com. Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit ChristinaEans.com to look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.